we're emerging from the economy of the Industrial Revolution. An economy confined to and limited by the Earth's physical resources into the economy in mind, in which there are no bounds on human imagination and the freedom to create is the most precious natural resource. Welcome to the Soul of Enterprise, Business and the Knowledge Economy, sponsored by SAGE, energizing business builders around the world through the imagination of our people and the power of technology. I'm Ron Baker, along with my good friend and Verisage Institute colleague and co-host, Ed Kless. And on today's show, folks, we're going to be talking about what I think, Ed, is is the next, where we're going next in the certainly the professional world, the subscription business model. And there's kind of a lot to unpack with this, but I, this makes so much sense to me. And you're the guy who turned me on to this book, Subscribed, by T. and Joe, who's the founder of Zorora, which is a software company he owns that sells the, I guess, the back office for subscription model businesses. And he was a uh, number 11 employee at Salesforce, so he knows of where he speaks. And I just thought the book was really good. It made some really compelling points. And uh, what did you think of it? Yeah, no, I thought it was fantastic, too. Otherwise, I wouldn't have recommended it to you, Ron. But, um, you know, I, I <laughs> well, that's true. Yeah, what, what, what I what I I got from this book was a, a couple of things. One, in 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 one way, it was weird because as as I've been developing the content around my my presentation around access level agreements, mm-hmm. it was kind of always this in mind but I didn't have the words for it, you know, and you know how a lot of times, Ron, when we're, we're speaking, people come up to us and say, I look I what you guys gave me was just, I knew, I knew what you were, what you were saying, but you've just given me the words to use. Right. Or you've articulated it in a way I never thought about it before, you know? Right. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so, you know, it, it's, it's not that we get, we've given them dramatically new knowledge, just a different way, a slightly different way of thinking about it and a, and a new framework to put it in. And that's what this book did for me. And I, I know we're going to talk a lot about this, but I'm, I'm firmly convinced that this is what all professional firms are going to need to ad- adopt to in, in the next decade. So the hell with value pricing, Ron, we're done. Yep. That's it. Uh, you know, I was. <laughs> we're we're going to leave that to other people now. I was speaking, we're moving on. Yeah, I was speaking earlier this weekend, and that's exactly what I said. It's like, look, you know, there's uh, there's now people after person and books and coming out on this for professionals, and it's time to blow it up. And who yep. better than you and me to blow blow it up <laughs> and and start moving on to something else? I mean, it's still pricing is still germane. Don't. Oh yeah, don't yeah, get yeah, us yeah. wrong. I mean, it is still really, really important, and and Ed probably more important in this model. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's gonna there's <laughs> the pricing. Your worldview has to be turned upside down again to really uh, understand this, because now we're talking about not just we're not pricing services anymore. We're not pricing um, you know deliverables. We're pricing access, peace of mind, insurance, risk. A whole host of things. I mean, it just does flip the business model on its head. Even even the one that we talk about in, inside the firm of the future. So, um, no, I'm really excited by this because I I do see 
the the logic here is just I think it's impenetrable. <laughs> I really do. I think it's it's almost airtight that this would make sense, at least in some aspects. Mm-hmm. And um, I think once you tested it, then it, it, it could easily spread across the entire firm. And I've been thinking a lot about this, certainly in smaller firms. So if you're a solo, if you're a two-partner, five-partner firm, any type of professional firm, this makes total sense. Mm-hmm. Yep. I, it, and and that and it's and more importantly, it's what the customers who I, I guess now do we are, we are we changing the language? Are we saying subscribers now? No, I, I don't no. think I'd ever do that. No, no, <laughs> right, I, you're not I, willing to go there. I'm not willing to go there. I mean, that's one of the problems, right? Your passenger, a subscriber, a rate payer. I mean, that was that was one of call Carl Albrecht's big beefs about mm-hmm. you know the loss of the word customer, right? But no doubt that the subscription is it, it it is it's more than a pricing model change because it's actually a business model change the other thing it, it does add that just i find so compelling it blows up the silos gone yes. I, it doesn't just talk about it it blows them up it also changes the reporting the, your income statement now is going to look completely different, and Gap can't deal with this because Gap doesn't make a distinction between a long-term revenue dollar, you know, and uh, a short-term one, a one-off customer. No, that's one of the more profound things in the book, and I think we probably should talk about it. Well, at some point, whether because we, we, we have more than an hour on this, we do. there's there's like, it's not even close to it's like. And in fact, we were we were talking about. Hey, maybe we need to roll this out as a as an eight hour workshop type thing. And I'm not even sure it's only eight hours. I mean, like I think it's. But anyway, let me let me get back to 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 this. It it one of the things that reminded me of Ron, and I can't remember the 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 woman's name, and I really should have gone back. But but Kirk Bowman interviewed um, her from Disney. Yes, June Janet. Yeah. I think it would be yeah. end with a J. I forget her name, but yes, right. And where, where she talks about how, and, and, and when you think about it, this is what she did at Disney, yeah. right? Which was completely blow up the pricing model. And she, cause she wanted people to subscribe to Disney is really what she wanted them to do. Yep. Right. And, and, you know, I remember the story of uh, where she's saying, well, you know, the, the, the food and beverage people were coming to me saying, well, I have to worry about my P and L. And she's like, to hell with your P and L. I'm taking, I'm taking all of that away from you. Right. So one of the great things about this, Ron, is we can use that story, especially in larger firms, to say, look, Disney did it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't scale, Ed. Yeah, it doesn't scale. <laughs> I'm sorry, you can't use that. There's no, no argument. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and, you know, he makes a really good point. And by the way, Stanley Marcus made this point, too. And you know, he starts the book by saying, you know, we used to know the people we bought from, you know, the butcher, the baker, the candlestick maker, the barber, the farmer, you know, all that stuff. Right. And the industrial revolution kind of ushered in this product era. And and now it, the whole getting, you know, knowing your customers coming back in a big way. And it's just beyond CRM. It mm. gets to the actual interactions that they have. And the idea is to turn customers into subscribers, not not the word, but but the action and according to uh, Cho, he said the world is moving from products and services to subscriptions, favoring access and outcomes, what we'd call transformations, 
over ownership and deliverables. It's all about customization, not standardization, constant improvement, not planned obsolescence, and also innovation. I think that's the other big driver here. I mean, I think this does the two things that Drucker said were the basic functions of every business, marketing and innovation. And of course, it locks in the customers, increases switching costs, but more importantly, a company that has, you know, annual recurring revenue (laughs) is going to be more valuable than a company that just has, you know, customers and waiting for the phone to ring for more so they can sell more services. This is actually a steady stream and that makes uh, a business more, more valuable and more viable. Well, and again, the key takeaway on that was this whole notion of that in, in, in a subscription model, cost of goods sold is future directed. Right. So, so, so the notion of, oh, we got to match up our revenues with our costs, right? Gone. You got to let that go. And that's going to be the hardest part for accounting firms, especially to do. Absolutely. Because there's nothing, nothing they like more than matching up revenue and costs. <laughs> Even though that, that, that matching principle is so distorted. And so right. there's so many games played with that, but uh, big picture at the macro level, according to McKinsey, the subscription e-commerce market has grown by more than a hundred percent a year for the past five years. Subscription based companies are growing eight times faster than the S and P 500 and 5% more than retail sales. Um, now Cho thinks that this is industry agnostic. He, he identifies lots of industries and indeed they have customers in all these industries, you know, healthcare and, uh, education and insurance and pet care. I mean, you know, and that's how I started thinking about it for accounting firms and law firms and consulting firms and actuaries and architects. I, you know, it's, it's, it, it's got some challenges that we're going to have to work through, but I, th- I think this is really exciting because it's so dynamic uh, because it's forward looking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, and when you think about it, all of the, the companies that have moved to this, I mean, and, and look, this was this happened was it last week or two weeks ago with the Apple earnings report. Right. Yep. Where they where, where they said we're, we are no longer going to report on a product basis. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and, well, as of, yeah, as of February, and it freaked out Wall Street, right? It, it freaked it freaked yeah. them out because here's why. I don't know about you, Ron, but I'm now subscribed to my iPhone. I I know, I know. You've talked about that before, and bad fact, they had an earnings call back in February of this year, and the whoever it was, CFO, said, you know, our service revenue is 31 billion dollars in 2017. It's growing at 27 percent a year. So you must be in that number, Ed. And that's more than Apple. That's that's more than half of Apple's growth is in their subscription model. You look at Amazon Prime. They've got 90 million subscribers to Amazon Prime, who, by the way, spend $117 billion a year. Spotify has over 50 million. And uh, even Gillette, because of the, you know, Harry's Razor and the Dollar yep. Shave Club and all that, they went from 54% to 70% subscription-based. This is, we're talking about razors, right? Um, a whole bunch of other examining mean, Lyft and Uber obviously have over 60 million. Starbucks has 13 million, um, you know, <laughs> customers through their rewards program. I mean, this is, this is annual recurring revenue. 
and it's far more predictable. And, and I also think that means that it's easier to plan your capacity. Mm-hmm. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, that, and that's really the, the, the big change is, is the fact that the, the capacity now is more, uh, you, you look at, you know, cause I hate having this conversation. Well, you know, we have to know, all. no, you plan capacity across the people who are subscribed to your organization and you understand that they are going to have certain needs over the course of the year and you just service those needs. That's right. And, and you're always going to have to have excess capacity so you can deal with the spikes and, yep. you know, special issues. But yeah, no, there, there's so much here. Ed. I'm so excited about this. This is so great. But uh, unfortunately, we're up against it already. Oh my uh, God. And folks, I'd like to remind you, you can send Ed or me an email to asktsoe at verisage.com and check out our full show notes at thesoulofenterprise.com. And now we want to hear from our sponsor, Leading Results. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Is your website just a brochure or is it your best salesperson? If your site is not the best lead generation tool you have, we should talk. We are leading results. We build websites and marketing programs that impact your bottom line. Using HubSpot or WordPress, we'll create a website and supporting marketing program that gets your business found, converts web visitors to leads, and provides clear tracking on what is and is not working. Learn about our team and approach to your success. Visit leadingresults.com slash TSOE to find out more. Have you ever read a book that changed your life? I sure have, but have you ever read a book where the forward changed your life? Me neither. Hello, I'm Greg Kite. I wrote the forward to Ron Baker and Ed Kless's new ebook, The Soul of Enterprise, Dialogues on Business and the Knowledge Economy. The value of this book is found entirely in its forward. So when you buy it, think of it as buying the forward and getting the rest of the book for free. Available now for download exclusively on Amazon.com. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll-free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into The Soul of Enterprise with Ron Baker and Ed Klass. To find out more about our show, visit us on the web at thesoulofenterprise.com. You can also chat with us on Twitter using hashtag AskTSOE. Now, back to The Soul of Enterprise. We are talking about the subscription-based model on The Soul of Enterprise today uh, based on the book Subscribed by Tian Cho. Uh, and Ron, what I really liked about this book is that it it made me and I think you think differently about the business model, which honestly, we've been talking about a business model change for so long. It was it was hard for me. It was like the backward bicycle. It was hard for me to to really begin to think differently about this. And I'm still just beginning to wrap my mind around it. Yeah. You know, uh, so so here here's his old business model, which which I have to say is is similar to what we present as the old business model. But there's a little wrinkle in it. And that is the old business model is you have your products or services. You drive those products or services through a channel. 
whatever that channel is, and and then to ultimately to the end customer. What he says is, no, no, no. We still have we have these services, but but then we goes these services go directly to the s- subscriber who has the experiences, which then generates the channel, and then that channel then loops back into services, right. and. This it, this is really super hard to explain on a radio, but you have to view this as a view this as as a, a flow, right? That it's a circular thing. So services to subscriber, subscribers have experiences. The experiences drive the channel, and then the channel drives g- g- loops back in on, and then drives the services. Right. So I think that's an important point. Yeah. What what are your? Can you fill in some color on that one? Well, you know, it, 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 it removes the focus from margins and efficiency and all that that we do in the silos and it, it puts the, puts the focus on the relationship. So it's, it's a, it's the ultimate in one-to-one marketing. Mm-hmm. You know, he makes a good point that Salesforce and Amazon don't have customer segments. They have individual subscribers and based on what those individual subscribers do and the experiences they have that drives their their future their future purchases right that drives the channel and drives the innovation and the services as i watch man in the high castle on amazon prime now i'm intrigued about other episodes that mm-hmm. they you know, other shows that they might have and that's mm-hmm. and, and so they're constantly these subscription based businesses are constantly innovating and 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 bringing new services that you didn't even ask for and right. to me, that's what's so exciting about this because it's a direct way. <laughs> I hate to say it this way, but it 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 productizes your IP, your in, or your intellectual capital. It, it kind of turns it into a product or an experience that people say, "Oh, well, that looks interesting. Yeah, I would like to do that." And yep. that's fascinating. It's not yes. just them calling on the phone when something's wrong or they need help. No, 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 and and look, and here, and here's where we're at least to, and I, I love your uh, example of of Amazon Prime and you watching Men in the High Castle, which then leads you to watching their next show, right? Uh, you know, pick pick one doesn't doesn't matter, you know. Uh, but notice that your price didn't change, Ron. Right, 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 and. This is this is going to be the great objection to this from people who are stuck in the silos. And what it kills is this whole notion of book of business, right? Yeah. Because that 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 has to completely go away. And and honestly, I don't I don't know how how this is going to work in in mid-sized CPA firms because it it completely undermines the partnership model, Ron. It does. <laughs> oh, it, it just, does. It, it just it, destroys it. Yeah. it. Not only does it tear down the silos, but it it creates incredible tension in the partnership model. Although I think those issues can be worked out because we should be focused on overall profitability anyway. But, you know, when I think about this, Ed, and I think, oh, this would be so hard to do in a big firm, you know, like a big four, big hundred firm. And it'd be much easier to do in a smaller firm. But then I think, wait a minute, what am I talking about? Hyundai, Porsche, Cadillac (laughs) is moving to a subscription-based model. In fact, they expect 20% of their cars to be subscribed to. This isn't owned. This isn't leased. This is a subscription. For example, Porsche has a half a dozen models now that you can subscribe to. I think they start at two grand a month. And folks, it covers everything. It covers repairs and maintenance and your insurance. 
Mm-hmm. And I'm talking about repairs and maintenance on everything, including tires, you know, brakes, stuff that wears out. The only thing they don't pay for is your gas. Mm-hmm. But the thing that's cool about it is it's not a lease because it's not bound to a specific car. You're not signing up with a car. You're signing up with the company. Mm-hmm. And that blows my mind because now I'm not going to go lease a Cadillac. If I'm in the Porsche subscription program or go subscribe to a cat, I'm going to play around with all the different Porsche models. Yeah. Right? I'm signing up for a company. Um, and the other thing that distinguishes it from a lease is you can't buy the car at the end. So, and that gives the company an interest to keep the car in good working condition. What, what intrigues me about that ad is they must be offering subscriptions for pre-owned or, you know, pre-used or used vehicles too, right? Mm-hmm. If I only keep it for four months, what do they do with that car? Uh, well, I don't know. And, but the Cadillac one is you can, it's what, 1800 bucks a month and you can change as frequently as 18 Eight, times a I, year. I, sure. Yeah. Volvo does this. Porsche does this. Hyundai <laughs> does this. This is incredible. Subscribing to a car. You know, he makes, no, no, not subscribing to a car, subscribing to a car company. That's right. an important distinction. It's, it's a critical distinction. Yes. Um, and what, what's, yeah, I, I just think that that is absolutely fascinating. And then he talks about airlines. He talks about surf air, which is the Uber of the skies at the moment. It's got limitless flights for a flat monthly fee, at least in the Western USA and Europe. And he, he makes a great point. He says, look, there's 200 million frequent flyer mile, you know, passengers, right. That are up for grabs, 200 million. Somebody came and made me an offer. You know, if United said, Hey Ron, give us 20 grand a year. We'll fly you wherever you had to go. Yes. I'm there, you know, and uh, you know, people would freak out, but think about the annual recurring revenue. He, you know, the interesting point is, is, you know, every flight right now for the airlines, the, the, the legacy carriers start at zero. Mm-hmm. I mean, not really, but, but in practicality they do. Mm-hmm. There, there is no annual recurring revenue, but there right. would be under this model. There would that, be, under the model, and that, that's the key because I mean, and, and picture, picture this with, tra- you know, travel companies and say that, say, you know, the airlines come to Sage and say, Hey, if Delta would come to Sage and say, we will subscribe Ed, for a thousand dollars a year and he can fly wherever thousand dollars a month or two thousand dollars a month and he can fly wherever. Yep. Right. Yeah. Now that 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 two grand a month, Ron, that's probably about what you're paying now, maybe a little bit more even, right? Mm-hmm. Do you know your your, your do you know what, what what your total spend was for United last year? Yeah, it was like almost forty grand. Almost forty grand. So so you you would you would have you have to pay more. So mm-hmm. you're paying less than that. Okay. Cause uh, all right. All right. But anyway, still that the, you, what would they would be well within their interest to do that for you? Yep, absolutely. And then of course that would lock you into them even more. And you know, they've got the capacity to fly anywhere that the marginal cost of, and, and these, well, what if they abuse it? Well, who, how can you abuse it? I have to sit on a plane every day. I'm not going to do that. You know, um, they, they, he talks about newspapers, he, you know, the, the New York Times, uh, 60% of their revenue comes from directly from subscribers. And in 2017, what was it in the second quarter, subscription revenue surpassed print advertising. 
at yep. the New York Times. The Economist has gone to this model, and then of course software companies, Ed, Salesforce, and you know, um, <laughs> talks about all these different software companies. I mean, you guys went through the switch. We're still going through We're it. We're still going through it. Yeah. Still going through it. Yeah, we yeah. haven't we haven't moved as as quickly. But the one I liked was I and I saw saw this it was uh the Mark Lotto, the media executive, he's quoted in the book as saying that if the New York Times had been founded five years ago and not 160, it would be valued at forty billion dollars. <laughs> It'd be a unicorn easily, yeah, for sure. Right? <laughs> yep. He, talk, so. he talks about swallowing the fish, you know, when the as the revenue curve temporarily dips below the operating expense curve, it makes this fish diagram on the graph, mm -hmm. and you kind of have to swallow that fish because, you know, as you go to a monthly subscription or whatever, it, it your revenue takes a hit. But, you know, that's just a short-term hit, and, he, and then he profiles Adobe and how they made the transition, how they communicated it, how they marketed it, how they informed their customers – as they move from the Adobe, um, what was it, the Creative Suite to the Adobe Creative Cloud, right? And they said, you know, we're not going to we're not going to support Creative Suite after you know this date, and then now they have a hundred percent subscription model at Adobe. They yeah, it took them three everything. took them three years. Yep, took, took them three years, years but seventy percent of their revenue is recurring. Seventy percent. Yep, I, I I know it. It just it's incredible. I just love that and. It, it just does so many other just great things that I just, wow, I'm kind of blown away by this. And the, the idea that we'll be subscribing to a car company, um, that that's, <laughs> I mean, it, it takes you a while to get your head around that. It does. And, you know, where I can tell you one of the things that's challenging in for, for us, and, and this is at, at Sage, but really more the partner organizations, is how do they compensate salespeople. Yeah. Yeah. And he deals with that too. He actually wants you to expand your, your sales force to, to sell this. He's got a whole, you know, model that they use at his company to, to grow this and help their customers grow their, their subscription base. But, and we can talk about that, but yeah, I, I just think this is great. And I know we've only got a minute or so before the break, but one of my favorite questions, Ed, in the book is when he's, when he's talking about the Internet of Things and manufacturing. And, mm -hmm. you know, some companies have already done this. We've talked about General Electric going, to, you know, the power by the hour model where they're, you know, mm -hmm. you're basically subscribing to the airplane engine and they keep it running. Because <laughs> if it's not in the air, you know, the, the airline's not making any money. And his question is, think about what can't you subscribe to? Like, for instance, how would you subscribe to a refrigerator or how do you subscribe to a roof on your house? Mm -hmm. And I'll let you I take this out. But when we come back, we'll answer that question. Yeah, no, I think that'd be great because I think that's fascinating. But we want to remind you, you can get a hold of myself or Ron by sending an email to ask TSOE and... We practice what we preach here. You can now subscribe to our show, which includes commercial-free episodes as well as bonus episodes at Patreon, patreon.com slash TSOE, or you can get there by going to thesoulofenterprise.com slash patron. But right now, a word from our sponsor. The future of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today. 
clouds come in all shapes and sizes, and the Abacus Private Cloud is the perfect fit. Abacus Cloud enables all the desktop apps you know and love while providing unparalleled security to your business. Cloud functionality gives you the flexibility to work where you want, when you want, and from any device you want. Don't waste countless hours managing IT. Take back your time. Learn more at abacusnext.com. Wherever your business is headed, Sage has the cloud solution you need to enable mobile accounting and simplify financial management. Discover how moving your financial data and accounting processes to the cloud can transform your business. Cloud accounting software from Sage can help you make better decisions, drive faster responses, and gain greater control. That's cloud accounting for the journey. For more information, visit sage.com forward slash U.S forward slash S-O-E. Have you ever read a book that changed your life? I sure have. But have you ever read a book where the forward changed your life? Me neither. Hello, I'm Greg Kite. I wrote the forward to Ron Baker and Ed Kless's new ebook, The Soul of Enterprise, Dialogues on Business and the Knowledge Economy. The value of this book is found entirely in its forward. So when you buy it, think of it as buying the forward and getting the rest of the book for free. Available now for download exclusively on Amazon.com. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into The Soul of Enterprise with Ron Baker and Ed Klass. To find out more about our show, visit us on the web at thesoulofenterprise.com. You can also chat with us on Twitter using hashtag AskTSOE. Now, back to The Soul of Enterprise. And we're talking about how to move to a subscription model for absolutely everything today. And I, I, Ron, I think that this is really the, the confluence of so many different ideas. You know, I, I'm, when, when prepping for the show, I was also reminded of, of our guest, Michael Munger, who talked, talks about tomorrow 3.0 mm-hmm. and, and cause he even brings up, you know, how would you subscribe to a drill? Right. None, none of us, none of us want, you know, we don't want to have our drill around. We want a quarter inch hole or whatever it is. And the three times that we use a drill a year, wouldn't it be better if there was just a, a, a place we could, an app that we could fire up on our phone and the drill would appear, I don't know, 20 minutes later out in a container outside our, our yard delivered by a, a drone that we then, you know, drilled the four holes, put the thing back in and the, tell, tell you, yep, it's ready to come pick it up. Then you don't have storage costs for the drill, right? You won't have to find it. So, so he sort of answers that question: How would you subscribe to a drill, or you know, br- broaden it out and say tools? Sure, right. But how would you subscribe to a refrigerator, Ron? How would you <laughs> how would you figure that out? Why would or or better yet, let's talk about the roof. Like, how, why would you want to subscribe to a roof? Well, if it was a solar roof, you know, you would be you would be able to sell energy back to your local energy provider, right? You'd be able to mm-hmm. sell power back and. Um, they would have to come out and fix it if there were any problems. So, yeah, why wouldn't I want to subscribe to a roof rather than spending, I don't know what a solar roof costs. My neighbor put one on. It was a lot of money. Um, why wouldn't I want to subscribe to it? And I think that's the key. Is and I love this phrase that he uses. is tease out what the service level agreement is, or we would say access level agreement, behind whatever the product is. Right. Right. So for the fridge, it's fresh, cold food. Yep. Right. Which, which means, by the way, that 
you're you're teasing out that ultimately it might not be a fridge that they subscribe to, but fresh cold food. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because uh, quite frankly, who wants to own a refrigerator? I mean, right. They when it breaks, yeah, just come out and replace it. And give me the state of the art one, the one that you know runs on less power and all of that. I I, I just think that's a great question. Um, and and he's also got the. Uh, he also goes into the whole gap thing of how gap would, would change. But another example he gave at is Komatsu, you know, um, the like Caterpillar type company, you know, earth moving uh-huh. equipment, they send drones out to a site and, and they can do a full survey of a site in you know, 30 minutes or whatever. The question is not how many trucks and tractors do you need, but how much dirt do you have to move? Mm-hmm. And that's what you're paying them for. So much right. like the power by the hour, uh, and and that's just really fascinating. So there there are just so many advantages to this model when you start thinking about it, and not just the customer interfacing part of it through the experience, but also what it does internally to a company. You know, we talked about some of these things. It blows up the silos. It, it could it, it rearranges the partnership model. It changes the uh, the internal accounting big time. Uh-huh. Uh, you're not even going to recognize it uh, if you're a CPA out there, but but you actually you will recognize it. That's not fair, but um, it, it's certainly it's certainly uh, I think more communicative of of uh, organization's results under this model than normal gap would be, mm-hmm. which is why no, so absolutely. many yeah, which is why so many the companies that have this model are doing a pro forma income statement with their filings because the, the income statement from gap doesn't report on the true nature of what's going on here. Right. And that's what, the, what they, what they don't understand, what, what people don't understand is like, you, cause you hear this all the time. Well, this so-and-so company, they're not, they don't make any money wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so Ed, t- talk about Fender guitar just real quick, because we're talking about how, how, how do you subscribe to a guitar? Well, this this is a pretty interesting story that Fender put out there, and that is they, what they found is about 90% of people who bought a guitar, a new guitar, who hadn't learned how to play guitar, they quit within one year. Right. Right? So they're just like, ah, you know, so I, they, they put it aside. So th- this is not good for Fender because, obviously, if you quit playing the guitar, 90% of their users just set it aside. Well, then, first of all, they probably sell that guitar to somebody else. So there's one less new sale. Right. Yeah. And then there's somebody else that has that, 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 that has it. So they're not getting that new sale, but, but you're, they're all, you're also not locking in a, a customer for life because you're, if you certainly put it aside and quit playing guitar, you're not going to buy a new guitar. Right. You're not going to upgrade. Right. Never going to upgrade. <laughs> so what they did is they launched a subscription based service that, that taught you then how to play the guitar, right. Online, online education for playing play called Fender play. Yep. And the, what they figured is, is that if and I love this stat, if they could reduce their abandonment rate by just 10 percent, just 10 percent. Right. Which I guess is if I'm doing my math right, Ron, one percent less. Right. No, no, no. One percent would be it would be it would be nine, nine percent overall. Right. OK. Right, right. OK. So then they could double the size of their market. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> You're just like, wait, what? What? <laughs> I, you know, we've always known that c- customer loyalty is is a big driver of profitability, right? And the churn rate and all of that, but it really comes to the fore in this model. Mm-hmm. 
So they figured though that if instead of instead of focusing on margins and unit sales, but think about subscriber bases and engagement rates, right? That's really the key. Yep. Yep. A- absolutely. Um, that's just that's just fascinating. Uh, it. I just think of all the things it does. Let's talk about some of those advantages. That I mean. Yeah. Obviously, it's predictable revenue. Customer lock-in and switching costs. It, it raises switching costs. I mean, Amazon has proved that. My mm-hmm. guess is you haven't bought a book practically anywhere else in your since you've been using Amazon. Nope. <laughs> um, you're not selling services anymore, and this is the mindset I think we really, really have to overcome. You're cre- and I love this. You're creating annuities with lifetime value that far exceeds whatever you paid to acquire them. Right. That is is just fantastic. Right. And then, you know, the the, the obviously the one of the, the the big things that does fall into our wheelhouse is that then it's about the collective knowledge that we have of our customers. Uh, it, it becomes a competitive advantage because it can't be duplicated. Yep. Right. Exactly. So that that we as a firm have more knowledge of you as a customer of ours and you wouldn't want to switch because of the hassle that it would take to to make that transition. So it's really above and beyond switching costs. Absolutely. Yep. Uh, and then the um, I, I like we talked about, you can plan capacity more effectively because, you know, your active customers, you know exactly what they're doing. You know their frequency. You know their volume. I mean, Amazon knows if you're buying, you know, 100 times a month or just once a month. Mm-hmm. And is, so they don't have segments. It's all it's all literally one-to-one, and I think that's really cool. The other thing I really like that he points out is you're moving beyond efficiencies with your customers and into possibilities. Mm-hmm. Because now, you know, look with all the things I can do on Amazon, I listen to music, watch shows, you know, do all these things. And this is what I always try and communicate to professionals. We don't just solve problems. We help people pursue opportunity. Because as Peter Drucker said, if, if all you're doing is, is solving problems, you're just reverting back to the status quo. You know, you're starving your successes and you're feeding your failures if all we're doing is solving problems. It's not mm-hmm. just about solving problems. No, but and, and th- again, this is going to be perhaps the greatest stumbling block block here, right? Because, again, we do all of that without Amazon increasing its price. Now, Amazon has increased its price on its on on prime. Right. right? I think when it first came out, it was, what, twenty five dollars or something. And now it's. I don't I don't even know. I just I just want to just, just pay it. It's one twenty nine. It's one twenty nine. Yeah. Right. So it's, you know, one one twenty nine a year and I don't even think about it. Right. Um, because I don't I, and I don't and I don't even think about now. Oh, well, I'm going to be ordering from Amazon. Let me let me make sure that I do ask the, everybody else in the family. Does anybody else need something from Amazon? Because I don't care. Right. Right. I just order it. Yep. Right. Because I know the shipping is going to be free. I'm not going to worry about it. But the key is, is that, again, Amazon does not change its price when I decide to use their music streaming service. Yep. Right? They don't they don't go and change that price. 
And I think that's going to be that's going to be the real stumbling block for, for professionals because they want nothing more than to to keep that. Well, if they're if if they're getting an audit from us and now they want tax returns, we're going to have to increase their price. Yeah, exactly. And we're right back into the service model. It's like no, and I and then this is what I'm still trying to work through. But if you offer tiers to you know different levels, you, you know somebody bought, bought the top level. Well, anything they wanted. You you do for them. They probably need an audit. They probably need a tax return. If they come up one year and say, "Hey, we need intact," you know, we want to use intact accounting. Okay, we go in, we install intact. They they buy the software, obviously, but we do the install, and and that's just covered because that's what we do. Yeah, and I I want to jump on here because this is the thing that I've been thinking a lot about is we one of one of the challenges that this is going to face for people in in my direct industry, the industry that I came from, which is software implementation, is we have to stop thinking that we we need to get money up front for a software implementation. Yeah, yeah, and they they just they we 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 just want to sell them an access level agreement and includes everything. It includes the implementation. It includes data conversion, includes whatever they want. Yeah. And, and then also it forces us to think about future things to bring to them, just like Amazon has done mm-hmm. and, and then just provide it as part of their subscription. It's like now, now you have access to this cool new product or this cool new service that we offer and people are using you more. So he talks about the, the, the key metrics in this model is being recency, right? When did they last mm-hmm. visit the frequency? How often do they visit and the volume? Yep. And I think one of the things that's important and especially with that re- that recency of purchase there, mm-hmm. right? Is this is why I think it has to move to perhaps quarterly, if not monthly, not annual and that's what i think a lot of people have done with subscriptions is they've made these annual subscriptions right 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 but i think we have to move people down to quarterly if not monthly heck if not weekly like break it down as that that far what and big important thing and 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 um show brings this out a number of occasions cancelable at any time Right. No lock-ins, no penalties. He talks about being able to renew, suspend, upgrade, downgrade. I mean, if you if you go live in France for six months of the year, you know, and you need to get rid of your refrigerator subscription or whatever, you uh-huh. know, you you could you you're able to do that. And of course, he, you know, his software handles all those types of things. But yeah, it, it, there's so many. Uh, you can just hear the objections, can't you, Ed? Oh, this I can. Like and this saying- is this it, it, this is this is the critical piece, though. It it. But, but what if they just leave after a couple of weeks? Do a great job. Do your job. Do your job so they won't leave you. They can leave yes. now. Yes, they can leave now. They, right? Do you? Yes, it keeps you honest. Do a great job. <laughs> oh my! Get me fired up, Ron. But we got to take a break here. All right. All right. You, you can con- connect with us at asktsoe at verisage.com. Of course, the soul of enterprise is the website where you can listen to all 217 previous shows on our archive page. But right now, a word from our sponsor and my employer, Sage. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. 
Wherever your business is headed, Sage has the cloud solution you need to enable mobile accounting and simplify financial management. Discover how moving your financial data and accounting processes to the cloud can transform your business. Cloud accounting software from Sage can help you make better decisions, drive faster responses, and gain greater control. That's cloud accounting for the journey. For more information, visit sage.com forward slash U.S. forward slash S-O-E. There is no blueprint for running the perfect firm. No way to know the challenges you'll face. But your journey does not have to be an odyssey. Experience what it is like for every part of your firm to be connected. Experience a practice management tool where everything is just a click away. Experience Office Tools. To learn more, visit officetools.com. Have you ever read a book that changed your life? I sure have. But have you ever read a book where the forward changed your life? Me neither. Hello, I'm Greg Kite. I wrote the forward to Ron Baker and Ed Kless's new ebook, The Solemn Enterprise, Dialogues on Business and the Knowledge Economy. The value of this book is found entirely in its forward. So when you buy it, think of it as buying the forward and getting the rest of the book for free. Available now for download exclusively on Amazon.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into The Soul of Enterprise with Ron Baker and Ed Klass. To find out more about our show, visit us on the web at thesoulofenterprise.com. You can also chat with us on Twitter using hashtag AskTSOE. Now, back to The Soul of Enterprise. Well, welcome back, everybody. We're talking about the subscription economy, probably a bit in the weeds, Ed, but uh, <laughs> this is just fascinating on so many levels. The the kind of the new metrics also, in, in addition to that recency and frequency and volume, mm-hmm. is on the income statement, you would have AAR, which is annual recurring revenue, and ACV, which is annual contract value. Mm-hmm. And of course, this is these are signed agreements with customers, so that that makes it more valuable. Yes, I know they can quit any time, but you know, chances are the churn rate's not going to be that high. He even talks about the churn rate, uh, at least amongst his surveys. B to C uh, businesses have a thirty percent higher, I mean, a thirty percent churn rate, whereas mm-hmm. B to B has a twenty seven percent churn rate. Now. I think that's going to drop as more businesses move to this model. You, you, And I could see the argument the other way, too, by the way, that there'd be more competition, so there'd be more churning. But, you know, if you really did a job, like I'd love to know what Amazon's churn rate is for Prime. Mm-hmm. I bet it's not 10%. Probably not. I would I would agree with that. I, w- I wouldn't bet against you on that. And, and you know, just – and and – in professional firms, customers are kind of locked in anyway. I mean, the average professional firm right now gets 80 to 90% of its revenue from recurring customers. Mm-hmm. You know, they come back. I mean, that's just, that's a fact of life. And so putting them on this model, I, I think there's ways to do it. I, I think about concierge doctors or direct primary care doctors. There's one, he did a podcast, I think it was a Tom Wood show, where he, and this was a DPC doctor. And he talked about, look, he says, we have a model. It's, I forget the price. It was, you know, $400 a month, whatever, for a family of four. And anything we can do in this office, you're covered. 
That means email, you know, if you want a Skype phone call so you can show them the rash on your arm or whatever, you know, and they could, uh, it includes that he had a drug dispensary. He's licensed to dispense drugs in his state. I think he was in Arizona and that's covered too, because he can do it under his roof. Now, if they have to send you out to get a MRI or, and he even had some of that equipment too, by the way. But, if, mm-hmm. you know, you need a specialist, an oncologist or whatever. That's obviously extra. But anything he can do. So my attitude about this is if you're a small firm, you do some tax, you maybe do some write-up work, you do some bookkeeping, anything they need that you can do that you have the competency to do, it's covered under the subscription model. And, yeah, you could do, you could offer different tiers. And that's what we need, I think, to work on next and maybe have another show on. But – I, I think the the opportunities here are only limited by our imagination. Well, I want to, you know, in, in the past, Ron, when when we I've presented access level agreements with people, one one of the the things that I often state is, and this is based on some empirical evidence that that we have, is that folks who implement a proper access level agreement, as I would define it, tend to see about fifty percent of their so called customers not choose an access level agreement. Mm-hmm. Right. Meaning 50 percent of them go away. Right. And of course, this scares the crap out of people. But once they start running the numbers and realize that what they end up doing is they end up working less and making more money because of it. A lot of the firms have agreed to move to this. I think that if you fully embrace this notion of subscription, that that number is going to go up dramatically. And here's what I mean by that. I, I, and I'm I'm think I'm thinking Pareto here, Ron. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking I'm thinking eighty twenty. I'm thinking only twenty percent of a firm's customers will stay on in a subscription model, but you will see revenue double from that the twenty percent, and you will t- and you will effectively tell the eighty percent of your people that you think are customers today to go away. Right. Yeah. And I, no. and, and I think you'd be, you'd, but the, obviously the revenue would go up and I think you would be considerably more profitable. But remember what you're going to be doing for those 20% of customers is saying you need something and we do it. Yep. You want a CRM Any, system and anything. anything. Yeah. Yep. No, I, I, you're exactly right. And you know, companies that, uh, he, he, he's got a stat that companies that employ a small amount of usage based pricing in their revenue mix, like less than 10% grew more than twice as fast on average with lower churn rates. So he is talking about somewhat tying it to some value driver, number of seats, number of people in the family. I I could see in the doctor's office, you know, they, they tend to tier by age, mm-hmm. you know, if you're, because that it obviously brings up certain different health risks, right. At, at various ages. Right. But there's still amount of actuarial analysis here because we're pricing a pool and we're just like in the portfolio, we're, we're looking at profit as a portfolio. Yeah. Some of these subscribers in some years are going to use you a lot. People are going to feel, Oh, I'm losing money on this. No, you got to look at it overall (laughs) as a portfolio. And the other thing he talks about, or no, that I thought about Ed, when I read this, not only does it tear down silos, but we hear a lot of lip service, especially in big firms, about the one firm model. You know, we're oh, one firm. We operate God. as one firm. Please, you're a bunch of roommates oh, who share overhead. Dinky. <laughs> it is. It is so bull dinky. And this 
turns it into a one firm model, period. There's no getting around it because if the, the customer wants this or that, boom, whoever in that firm can do it, does it because they're, they're tied to the firm. They're not tied to a silo or even an individual partner, which of course, you know, brings up that whole issue as well. But I just think the advantages here so outweigh the the challenges and, and, and some of the roadblocks. And I think we're, you know, we'll come up with, we'll, we'll start testing this in firms and we're going to get well, some empirical evidence on it. I'm going to, I'm going to go out on a limb and say, that, uh, let's, let's leave the big four out of this because they really truly are in a completely different stratosphere, right? If right. you look at the revenue numbers, it's, it, it, you know, and, and <clears throat> even maybe the, the, the top 10, but I want to say that firms that some, somewhere in there, Firms that are right now 11 through, I don't know, 200, mm-hmm. maybe even 300, those firms, and, and this is just the accounting profession, but those, those folks who are in the accounting profession, the first, say, 10 that are willing to embrace this, some one of them is going to displace a big four. <laughs> that's interesting <laughs> i'm not i'm not sure i'm gonna go out on a limb with you on that but that's interesting because I'm, I'm I, it might be 20 might be might be 10 years from now right? right right but but it will be so different and so other that it will n- blow the bejesus out of everyone else right well you know Ed, since i've known you and i've watched you do your access level agreement and you've seen me talk about the fixed price agreement. I'm going back to you know the mm-hmm. early days of you and I meeting. My fixed price agreement was kind of like your access level agreement. It was a it was an annual thing, but it was always tied to deliverables. You know what do what are you trying to accomplish this year? And let's list out the services that you need. Mm-hmm. And but ever since I saw you know we've been working together, you've got a great line. I'd rather be an insurance salesman or a fire insurance salesman than a fireman. And this turns us into insurance salesmen. And I love the psychology of insurance because we all pay for it and we're thrilled that we don't use it. And it's kind of the same with subscription models. I'm, I'm not worried that I'm not sitting in front of prime video consuming every minute because I'm paying, you know, for it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and that's, that's, and that's the big worry that, that isn't there. That's the dog that won't bark on people, but they're, right. but they're terrified of it. Right. So there's much more to say about this, folks. We'll probably have to do a second show at least on this and um, highly recommend this book subscribed by uh, Tian uh, Cho. But Ed, what's up for next week? Next week, we're doing an interview with Warren Meyer, who is the author of one of our favorite blogs that we talk a lot about on Freerider Friday, the Coyote blog. Awesome. I will see you in 167 hours. This has been the soul of enterprise, business, and the knowledge economy, sponsored by Sage, energizing business builders around the world with the imagination of power technology. Join us next week, folks, on Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern. In the meantime, check out our show notes, and we will post those on this show at thesoulofenterprise.com. You can also contact Ed and myself at asktsoe at verisage.com. Thanks for listening, folks. Have a great weekend.